because they had to bring Ari in because she's been having some reoccurring ear infections. And so we actually, it was kind of funny, we joined this online, like, pediatric telehealth group, you know? Which, I, you already know all this, but they sent us this, it's like a year subscription, and then you, they get, you get sent, like, this box of cool medical tools, like, uh, one of those thermometers where you use on your forehead, and then your little pulsometer, and... Then it also has a, um, I'm going to say it wrong, but it's a, a, a dom, it's not a dometer, it's... A dometer? No. That's like the, how many miles you've gone? Uh, no, a, audioscope, audioscope, audioscope. That's audioscope. What it's audioscope. What's audioscope? So that's that thing that looks, you look in the ear, that's what that's called. Oh, okay. So what it does is it, it's like a little thing where you can, um, you, it's like a camera on like a pen shaped thing and you stick it in your kid's ear and then it connects to photo booth or whatever you have on your computer or phone and then you can take a video of the ear and then upload it to the telehealth people. Okay. So I really, I, honestly, I really, I like it that they have those tools because with your kid you can't get a as good description for telehealth stuff and you can like upload pictures and videos and all that. Right. So anyway, we did that because she got another ear infection and um, we noticed as we were using it there was like this goo or something blocking in her ear right right and Nathan was like of course this is what he does so she's already almost frantic she's melting down we're trying to figure this out I'm trying to get meds just so the child will sleep and Nathan goes, I think it's probably, I'm 99. He goes, I'm 99% sure it's a bug. It looks like a beetle. I, it 100% like, looks so, like a beetle. So, okay, cue the mom death glare. No, hold on, like, no, hold on. Because I was trying to be coding, like, hey, I think I know what it is. And you're like, what? And I'm like, well, you know, yeah. You just, are not that smooth. You yeah. always, no, you always and think no. you're that smooth. And I go, head. I go, well, it's, you know, I think I know. And you're like, what, what? And I'm like, I, like I was hinting at, no, like I didn't want to tell you. Positively, no. not the way it went down. No, it did. So Lydia, it actually went down better than that. Lydia is like, I don't know, three feet away, and she goes, "It's probably a cockroach." Yeah, cockroaches go in there. Yeah, and then Nathan looks at her and goes, "Yeah, I think it's probably a bug." And I was okay, and Ari reacted exactly the way you would expect to react if someone told you they they think they see a bug in your ear because Nathan. Thought not only was there a bug in her ear, but it was alive because when he went to like try to, because it wasn't that far down, he was like trying to like get it kind of to come out. And <laughs> so he thought when she, he touched it, it moved because it, she screamed bloody murder. It seriously seemed like it was a. Oh so I, ha of course, have to talk to the child on. I'm like, no, I do not think it is a bug. I think it is earwax. I think it is built up. I, I also think we need to just get some antibiotics. We need to clear up this ear infection, and then we'll go in and have them take it out, right? So we get the script for the antibiotics. Well, we use it for a few days, and she's like, Mom, it's not getting better. It's hurting more. And so I'm thinking, oh, great, this... Um, it's not, the meds are not going past it. You know, like, I'm going to have to take her in now. They're going to have to get it out so the, the meds can even get there. Meanwhile, Nathan's still riding high on his bug theory. And Lydia is cackling <laughs> with glee, like only a sibling can at the thought of her, a bug being stuck in her sister's ear. 
and it's just like chaos, like complete chaos every single night this week. And I mean, the only way we've been able to get the child to bed is through sheer exhaustion where she just drops, right? So I managed to finally get an appointment. So we go in there and they're like at first wanted to send me to an ENT and I'm like, please, for the love, let's just, whatever you have, just let's try that. So they're trying to work this thing out today and you know, Ari, Ari, she struggles with a lot of anxiety, and so she's freaking out, and I'm like, okay, Ariana, just like, now that we have the doctor here, and we're in the doctor's office, as they're trying to use water and different things, I'm like, what, is it actually, they're, they're asking her, like, is it actually hurting? She's like, no, it's not hurting, it's just causing me to freak out, and so I said, okay, well, let's talk about that, what, what is your greatest fear? Like, what, what's the worst thing that you could happen, think could happen right now? Is they're using this water or whatever? And she's like, well, I think that it could, like, shoot into my brain. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, well, let's ask the doctor. Like, can water shoot into her brain? And she's like, no, it, it cannot. So, okay. And so then <laughs> they have, like, a little, like, tool that they're trying to, like, use the water and the tool to kind of pull it out and... She's freaking out about that. I'm like, okay, well, what's your worst fear with the tool? And she's like, it will grab my eardrum and rip it out. And, and I'm like, okay, well, let's ask the doctor. Will it grab her eardrum and rip it out? And she's like, no, it will not. I'm like, okay, well, it's good. Now that we have that on the open. And I was actually talking to Nathan about that, how we kind of forget how good it is when we have anxiety that bad about something to actually, like, voice those things. Right, like, right. This is what I'm afraid will yeah. happen. Because you don't even, like, until you recognize that you're actually dealing with anxiety or fear, you don't sometimes don't even realize that's what it is that's making you kind of hunch up or yeah. not being able to handle something. And then plus being able to give words to what that fear is. Like, what is yeah. it you're actually ultimately working, afraid well, about? You and Ari are verbal processors. Right. And so when it comes to, when it comes to that, like, that is like a natural like for you guys to be able to voice that and you actually become more intense if you're not able to talk through it right like the first yeah. when I had my surgery yeah and I was like terrified about going under anesthesia because I didn't want to wake up and not be able to move my body and just like feel the whole thing and Nathan was just he just looked at me and was like well it happens to people I'm like you're, you're the worst I mean it does <laughs> you I mean honestly like there's been no, things where you don't. wake up in the middle of surgery but you can't move because you're paralyzed okay. due to the anesthesia okay but that didn't happen obviously and for Ariana, like, honestly, my question about the anesthesia was really similar to water shooting in Ari's brain. Like, similar kind of questions. But until you verbalize them, you're, you aren't able to get some perspective, right? So meanwhile, we're at the doctor's. I think we're there for an hour and a half. And these women, bless. Just bless. I am so thankful for them because they were very patient with her. And they were giving her time and answering her questions. And so finally finally this thing just like floats out like a barge from her ear and I kid you not it was like black and hard and about the size of a like squished up dime I would have to say because I mean it couldn't be the total size of a dime because it was in her ear but it was so big I look at Ari and I'm I just am I'm so impressed like how did her head now lull to the side the last (laughs) 
the last few months, honestly, was so big. Like, how could she hear us? And then once we get that thing out, it was like, even though she still has this ear infection, it was like she was walking on a cloud. She was so giddy and excited. She oh, couldn't yeah. stop talking. It was like she had a whole new perspective. Like, life was just like birds were singing, you know? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is done. It's over. Thank you, God. So that's been part of my day. <laughs> Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a series on our podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife, Lacey, and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. So what are we talking about today? I was thinking we could finish, uh, do part two okay. of what we were talking about last time. I kinda, we kind of did some teasers with we forgiveness did. and can really just continue that conversation as to what, what does forgiveness look like fleshed out in real life relationships? You know, those yeah. sticky relationships in our lives. And also... Um, what what we're talking about when we just, when we talk about process because sometimes process involves forgiveness and sometimes the focus of process is not on the forgiveness aspect it's more on the process itself I think you're going to have to dis- explain that because last time it was after we recorded the podcast you and I kept talking but you you were saying that and I was Confused. So explain, like, ex- describe what you're meaning to our okay. listeners. Because you, you kind of got me on board, but it took a Right, minute. right. So, um, you know, I'm going to start with a little bit of my story. Um, so years ago, when Nathan and I first started getting um, involved with wholeness ministry, it was sheerly selfish. <laughs> it was because we needed so much help. And in, in this... Um, part of our life we were attending a church in Wasilla, Alaska and we ended up at we ended up this at this church because we needed counseling simply and you might have heard the story before and, and so we were at a point in our marriage where we knew we were called into ministry we wanted to minister but we were just in in a really dark place and so we reached out to a friend of ours and he said you know, I have a friend here, he does counseling, and he would be available to you at any point. You come live with us, you can, you can you can take advantage of that. And so we did. And when we did that, we were attending this church and meeting with this pastor. And the pastor was Scott Ferking. And at the time, he was the director of the Fresh Start Ministry, mm-hmm. which is kind of our uh, mothership for what we cultivate and evolve from was was um fresh start because that was our yeah that was our introductor introductory it introduced us to wholeness really exactly exactly and i remember um there was all these you know and if you've heard us talk at all about our um freedom tree or what is that we call it what do we call our own tool the freedom booklet No, no 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 the other one the identity tree what are you talking about? Okay, just stick with me. Okay. So we have two, two main tools. So we have our processing book, and then we have our um, identity tree. 
Oh, the habit tree. Habit tree. Okay. Yeah. That's why I was asking for the app. Got it. Okay, no, I wasn't sure. Because we have the identity guide, habit tree, freedom booklet. It's not that confusing, y'all. But I just made it that way. So you if can you go to our later. website, go to our resources, <laughs> you'll be able to know the answers to these <laughs> confusing questions. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I was dealing with all of these habits and behaviors and things in my life that were destroying my marriage, right? Yet, when I looked at Nate's behaviors and habits, I weighed them as being so much more destructive than my own. Like, and they were more, what's the right word, like, openly frowned upon, right? So I could, like, I could finger point and be like, see, yeah, he's the bad one. And everybody would be like, the, the mob is like, yeah, right! And so, you know, it's not that I was unable to work on myself or unable to see need for me to change, but the, the, the weight of it hadn't really hit me yet. Right. And so we start counseling, and you know, Scott's just telling a story, and he's patient, but he's just telling a story over and over again, and I'm like, okay, what is this going to do? And, you know, so we keep going, and, you know, I, I'm noticing at the, at the church, every single touch point was like, I go out for prayer, and they look at me like, well, have you started, have you been part of Fresh Art? I'm like, listen, I don't need you to sell me a product right now. You know, like, I don't need Amway. I just need you to pray for me. And, you know, I'd go talk to somebody and be like, oh, you really need to try Fresh Start. And be like, okay, all right. And it just started to wear me down. And eventually, um, I never did. At that point, I wasn't involved in Fresh Start. I just started to notice that the people in leadership, the people at the church, that they were different. Yeah. They, they forgave each other. They, they, they were really hard to offend. They were really um, united. And it's not like there was never any infighting or there was never any um, disagreements, but they dealt with it. And they dealt with things in such a healthy way. Right. And so my way of coming around to freedom or desire for freedom wasn't even by attending a meeting or going through a curriculum. It was by seeing people that were free and whole and watching them live their life. And so that's why I'm actually, I'm not a huge proponent of formulas. I, I will honestly, if somebody's on a, a pathway for the Lord to bring them towards freedom, I think as long as your heart is towards the Lord, as long as you're walking after him, he's going to, he's going to accomplish what he wants in you. I think tools are helpful. I think formulas can be helpful, but no, they are not the only way. Well, and I was going to say that's been, you and I were just having this conversation, how I'm very much a methodical person, like process, like there's one way forever. Right. And that's been the biggest thing over the last couple of years, I would say, is how I've had to release process. It's funny. I've had to release method. And you... It's it's funny because you know how... So I've re- like released the method of the Freedom Booklet. And I actually have a very um, unorthodox way of going through it. and have Or have been going through it. But you've become more... I like so the Freedom method. Booklet. I right. do because it's very... When you're confused or when you're in a place where you just want to move forward, it gives you direct steps to move forward. Does that mean I think it's the only way? No. 
But is it a direction? Yes. Right. And so and and so that's what when we're talking about process, we could be talking about working through an issue with the freedom booklet. Yes. We could also be talking about just a, offering up an issue to the Lord and letting him fully work you through it. Right. And generally, if it's a really big issue in your life, it's not going to be done in just a day or two. If you have spent 40 years building up a habit building up a behavior, it's probably going to take a little time for the Lord to start to root out and move out some of your reactionary behavior, some of your um, idols that you've placed in your life, the things that you go to, you know, it's going to take a while for those to be removed and replaced. And so that's what we talk about with process. Okay. So back to the forgiveness part of things. So I'm that by this point, I've been, you know, snookered into force. <laughs> Actually, I was forced to attend Fresh Start because we had reached ahead where behavior on um, Nathan's part, not that mine was any better, my anger and control, but his behavior had, had reached a point where it, it, action was taken by the, the church leadership. So they forced us. They said, you have to, um, Nathan, you don't have a job anymore. Lacey, you're kind of on probation and um, which really ticked me off, right? On- honestly, it really made me mad. And then with that, you have to attend Fresh Start for a year. And I'm like, all right, number one, I'm the victim. Like, I'm the wife, you know, like I'm right. the one who he syndicates. Because this was when he was um, really into um, a lot of the we'd sex had, addiction stuff. Right, and we'd had, we should probably clarify, like two times gone through this process the first time was when we initially went to the church and then the second time was once we had kind of integrated into the church and i still right and i'm going to clarify that a little bit this was maybe the third time publicly yeah but personally dozens of times of him coming to me confessing you know i'm gonna i want you right so and those of you that have um love someone with addiction it it gets to a point where you're literally beside yourself and um okay so here we are they're telling us you gotta attend fresh start you gotta do counseling you gotta you're on probation for your job and then they gave me this i'm not even gonna go into this Nope, don't no, go to it. Go to nope. it. Okay, anyway. So, um, <laughs> Write us an email if you really want to know. <laughs> so anyway, I am attending Fresh Start, and I was like, this is, this is lame. And I mean, I like the people's stories, okay? But the teaching, I was like, meh. The, you know, just one more thing in my week, I was like, meh. Yeah, here's what hit me. What I couldn't shake was, like I said, watching people live free. And so... And so I'm watching this and I'm desiring it and they're telling me you need to start processing you need to start forgiving people in your life and honestly guys I am sitting here going I want what you have I've decided I want what you have right but I, I honestly for for everything that I've searched in my heart I I don't really feel like I have anyone to forgive. I don't really hold anything against someone. And I'm not someone that actually is a grudge holder. I, I don't. I mean, sometimes, like, things people say will rattle around in my mind. Or, you know, like, it'll, right. things will rattle around in there. Or I'll get really upset at something and I'll carry it for a little while. But I don't really hold grudges. Like, 
eventually, give me a little space. I'm going to be like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so uh, they're saying to me, you need to forgive your dad, you know, and we, we teach this in Cultivate. You might have heard us say, you know, it's like this brick wall that you build up around your heart where you have these first wounds or first offenses in your life, and they kind of establish the foundation for where you get hurt, if right. it, where you kind of hold on to things. Right. And so we tell people, and I still believe this, you start with these foundational relationships. So they're like, you need to start with your dad because that's the way that your relationship is with your dad. That's how you view God the Father. And so I started thinking about my dad and Guys, I have a great relationship with my dad. I didn't when I was younger because we're way too much, we're way too much alike to have a good relationship. <laughs> and my dad, he's so funny. He's like, he loves having kids. We have lots of kids in our family. There's seven of us. And he loved hanging out with us when we were like zero to two. And then he was like, I'll see you when you're an adult. And so your relationship, our relationship with him didn't really get good until we were adults because I don't, I don't know if he just didn't know what to do or how to handle us. And then also my dad's had hard a lot of medical issues and on top of that he had worked a lot just worked constantly our entire childhood he had tons and tons of um just not only did he have multiple jobs at certain times but he would work really long hours so I remember I used to think it was really weird for a dad to come home at five five o'clock I thought he was just a complete slacker because <coughs> like hard-working dads you don't get to see maybe on a Sunday you know right and so you guys actually looked at your neighbors who when when they got home you were like wow they're really lazy yeah we did we'd laugh we'd be like how's you think he's providing for his family (laughs) it's just ridiculous thinking about it self-righteous it's so terrible but i mean that that was that was our world that was our reality right and so i you know as an adult I was able to have a little bit more perspective as to why my parents had to do what they they did, right. you know. And so I didn't really, I didn't really blame them or have hard feelings towards it. I didn't feel like I had a lot of forgiveness. But here's what the Lord had to highlight for me. This is why it was important for me to process. Um, and I'm using the example of my my dad right now because it's a it's a one we are always telling people to start with. This is why I had to process or go through the, the um, freedom booklet about my dad. Because the behavior that he displayed, the things that he did when I was a kid, no matter if they were necessary or not, no matter if he felt like they were the only way or not, still impacted me. Right. And they were still separate than the ideal of our relationship with Father God. And and, and let me unpack that for a little bit. Um, when I was, oh gosh, I was at some kind of service and it was really a spirit-led, really touchy-feely service. I mean, it was great. You know, I love that kind of, I love those kind of services. But I remember the pastor said to me, or the, the prophet, he was there, he was a special prophet. He goes, you know, I just want you... Um, to, to, to daddy God or, you know, what something really, the term of endearment is like, I, you know, we just, he just wants you to climb up onto his lap and play with his beard, you know, like as a child. And that's what he says, but just climb up onto his lap and play with his beard. And my immediate response was repulsion, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like what self-respecting person would look that way at God? Like <laughs> grow up here. You know what I mean? Like soldiers stand up, you know, and <laughs> And 
that's how I looked at myself. Like, I am a soldier in God's army. I take commands. I get it done. Mission accomplished. God can trust me. I am... I'm somebody that he... You know, that I, I am a dependable worker. Right. And so... I just, the Lord started to talk to me about that. And he was like, Lacey, <laughs> you're my daughter, right? What does that mean to you, to be my daughter? Yeah. And it's not that my dad, my dad's super touchy-feely now. But um, he's like, I mean, he cries at movies and stuff now. But that wasn't always the way. Like, the, I mean, like the, my kid's grandpa was not my dad. Like, different guy. <laughs> and he... <laughs> And, and I just, I was the oldest, and I was there at the house with my mom, and I was needed to be there. I was needed to be almost an additional payment parent. I was needed to be dependable, responsible. I was needed to be a hard worker. I was needed to be counted upon. And I was somebody that could get a job done. And that became my identity, right? Yeah. And so... As I'm looking at this process of forgiveness, it it wasn't as much about me forgiving my dad and saying, well, I forgive you for putting me into that position. And that was part of it. Well, but it was about me kind of getting those thoughts and feelings out to the Lord. Like, this is, this is, kind of, this is how our relationship was. And is that right? Yeah. And with that, there's a really specific question in the, the Freedom Booklet. And it says... What vows or decisions, I think this, this one says vow, uh, decisions, what decisions have you made of these certain people, you know, because of your dad, because of God, uh, what does yourself, what decisions have you made? And that, you know, to use an old fashioned word that you can see in some translations of the Bible is vows. You know, we make these vows yeah. that become a um, almost life motto. You know what? Right? You know what I just heard today. What is someone defined a vow or a decision as a curse, like yeah, especially okay. the especially uh, obviously and it can and one. it can be. No, right? I just yeah. I was like I, yeah. I, it kind of took me back. I was like that is a fantastic way to look at like you think of curses in the Bibles. Their vows over someone, their decisions you make as to how you're going to view that person. And how they should view themselves. Right. I thought, I, I don't know. No, it, it's good. It's I'm good. still kind of like processing right. through that one because that was right. a fantastic way to view that. So, yeah. So it's like I'm finally, you know, I relented to processing my dad going through this book. But the attention was not on the forgiveness. The attention was on the decisions I made because of the relationship. Right. Because ultimately, we live in a fallen world. So these relationships that we have in our life, when we're processing them, it's not because we're saying, like, you're terrible, you're horrible, you should have done better. It's because we have an enemy yeah. that is out there, and he is trying to steal, kill, and destroy from us. From the very beginning, Right. his, um, his aim has been to rip us away from relationship with the Father. Because when right. you think about that garden setting, we were set in a place of complete transparency, complete vulnerability, complete um, contentment with the Father. I mean, it says right. that the Lord came to walk with them in the cool of the day. I love that verbiage so much. It's such an intimate kind of portrayal, right? Well, and I was going to say, yeah, to define what we mean by fallen world, it's that. It's... It's a broken... It's not how God originally it's designed. It's not how he originally... And how right. he is redeeming it 
but yeah. Right, and so the enemy has, from the very beginning, come in to destroy relationships. What did he do at first? He questioned God and made Eve question her relationship with yeah. the Father. Then he came in and, just, and, and put that, you know, um, amnesty between Adam and Eve, between right. your husband, you know, and so it's always been a destroyer of relationships. And so we look at when we're doing these processes, sometimes it's not even about the person it's about recognizing the brokenness mm. that the enemy has spoken over us and those choices of brokenness that we have like you said cursed our life with yeah. or started living our life out of and so that was the key for me it wasn't so much about me forgiving my parents for things as much as it was about realizing that there was brokenness that i was living out of and that the Lord wanted to speak into that brokenness and bring healing. Yeah. And so the, the I realized that the, the decisions I made, the vows I made out of living that, you know, with that relationship with my dad was that I'm only good. God only loves me for what I can do for him. Right? Yeah. So then I'm living in that home and then I go into ministry. What do you think that does to ministry? Like, <laughs> whoa. And... And so, like I said, it was this good soldier kind of thing. And right. I'd like to say that, man, that performance issue was just 100% settled with that first <laughs> process. Guys, <laughs> I honestly, I feel like I had the final major breakthrough for that last year. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast this is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, we've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. This, is, this has been a thought I've had for a few weeks now. And we've always heard when God is working with us, when God deals with us, I've always heard it described as God is peeling away layers like an onion. I've heard that, yeah. Okay. Okay. And I've been thinking about that, and it's been kind of rubbing me the wrong way, because I'm like, that means for eternity... I guess maybe what I what I the inference of that is for eternity God is going to be just pulling back layers of sin, and so that's kind of why it's been rubbing against me. And I heard this analogy, um, and I think there's there's something to obviously getting to the root of things why we have behaviors. I mean, we have obviously the majority of our resources are dedicated to you know, mm-hmm. um, motive, right? right. Essentially motivation. But I think when we look at our relationship with God and we view it as onions, you know, layers of an onion, it, it, it seems very, like, distru- it, it seems very, he's just going to continue to reveal stuff where I'm not measuring up. But I think it's, it's more, and we see this, 
in the New Testament where he says you're going to be moving from one level of glory to another, which is a very, it, it's more of a forward focus than it is a find out where you're not measuring up focus. You see what I'm saying? And so um, the visual I, I was given for this is like locks on a boat. Uh, you know, boat locks when you're going from one level of right. lake to another level of lake, um, up a river. Channel. Yeah, channel. And so, and, and the, you know, the, the analogy was presented this way, you know, we think we're hitting a brick wall and we have to find out, you know, go to our, go to our past and why is that brick wall there? But really what it is, is God wants to reveal something about himself to raise that water level so you can move from one glory to another glory and I've been really I've been chewing on this for like the last man probably two months since it was presented to me and why that onion analogy kind of felt less than right. it didn't feel like right. a full revelation and I think that's why is because it's so pessimistic focused rather than God where are well, you bringing me right. to right and I think it's it's not about we need to do these things to receive acceptance like that's right. already done what the Lord wants is for us to have peace, yeah. joy, yeah. fullness of life, like all these things that he promised us, which if we're not experiencing here now in this life, we're living less than. Yes. And so it is a different, it is a different perspective. And, you know, back to that phrase, you know, the Lord wants you to climb up onto his lap and play with his beard, you know, like... That imagery is so hard for me still to this day. It's real hard for me. <laughs> and it's because I don't want to be a kid. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be dependent. But why not? Why not? And, I mean, that's that's the big question. Like, why don't we, we want to be completely and totally carefree, you know? Well, it's because we have to release control then. Right. And I, But I really like control because if I'm not in control that means other things are in control mm -hmm. right so so really it comes <laughs> back to do you believe that God is trustworthy right that he's careful with you right he's careful with the things you care about it's one of my that favorite he has your best interest in mind it's one of my favorite verses I think it's first Peter 5 that talks about that and I think it's in the message that specifically says um Give him your cares because he's careful with you. Right. It's such a, to me, it's, it's a, I don't know. I, I like that translation better than other ones. I, I, it just reminds me, yes, God cares for me. That's why, and he's careful, which is why I can give him, I can surrender to him what is important to me, right? Because he's careful. Right. Such a good way. Right. So, you know, I, I, that kind of answers the, the question in a broad way about process. If you are interested right. in more about what we, um, the tool that we have for process, it is called the Freedom Booklet. And we have videos on our website that walk you through each step of that. And I want to highly recommend that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I think I could really benefit from that. Or if the Lord has brought, usually if the Lord has brought a situation, a person to your mind, that's an indicator. Hey, yeah. That's something I should walk through. I want to encourage you to, to hop onto our website, watch those videos, download that booklet, tell a friend that you're going through it, and just have them start praying with you because um, it is life-changing. 
to yeah. start valuing the things that are keeping you from the Father, valuing things that are keeping you from fullness of relationship with Him. Yeah. Now. The last, I was going to say, so um, on our website, we have teachings that we do every week, and um, the teachings that we have deal with this idea, the last several, I should say, the last several deal with this idea of surrender, how to surrender different various things right um because you know one of the things that we talked about last time and wanted to address this time was that idea of okay well what if i don't have anything anyone to forgive well there's a couple other areas as well that that can help in that surrender and another one is loss like how do you deal with circumstances of loss whether it's a loss of a job health loved one for whatever reason divorce death and releasing that to him because in that in those cases there's often no one to forgive right right there's no offending party and um and we get the question yeah but what if i want to forget what if i feel like i have to forgive god well that means god's an offender and he's not so it goes back to what you said dealing with do we well do we believe he's careful with us right because then it's a trust it's a release and trust issue surrender issue and less of a, I have to forgive him because he did right, something Right, which we wrong. encourage you to still work through that well, yeah. booklet so, with the issue. Yeah, so the, the booklet is fantastic in the way of you can walk through it through the lens of, okay, there's an offender, I need to forgive. You can also walk through the book with, okay, there's a circumstance that has hurt me, that has affected me, it might be a loss, you know, whatever it is. And generally those issues where you're mad at, the Lord are going to be losses. Gen- generally, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. when you really yeah. unpack them, you realize this yeah. is a loss yeah. issue more than anything. And so you can walk through the Freedom Booklet. It gives you a, a very specific path of how to release those circumstances to right. God. And then finally, the other way to surrender is surrendering areas of our life that we have um, not measured up that's the definition of sin, right? Where we have not hit the mark of God's design for us. So that, that's the biblical definition of sin, not hitting God's design mark. Um, and you can also walk through the freedom booklet with, okay, there's a habit, there's a sin, there's a failure, there's a, there's a mistake. You can also walk through the freedom booklet through that lens as well. Um, it gives you a very clear path. And oftentimes, and you can... Yeah, we've both had it where people are like, I feel like I just need to forgive myself for this sin. And again, it's that idea of trust. It's, is there something you can do that is more thorough than what Jesus did on the cross? And the answer is no. And so again, it's a trust issue of, do I trust that his forgiveness is more thorough than anything I can offer myself? And then it, so it's then walking through the freedom booklet, releasing that sin to him. So I got a question, babe. Yeah. Um, we kind of left off last time and we're, we're hitting like a lot of the points that we were, we are, we were yeah. promising to hit, but this is the big one. So how do I soften my heart? Mm. How do I, I know there's something and I'm, I'm, 
I'm assuming a genuine desire here, okay? Like, I'm not hiding anything, but I, I feel like there's something that's blocking my relationship with God. How do I surrender my heart? How do I give that? <laughs> How do I, you know? Because I think that's a question we often ask is people are genuinely wanting relationship, a deeper relationship with him. But like, I don't, I really, I don't know where to start. I think, you know, and we use this phrase a lot, but you got to start with being willing to be willing. Mm. And um, Can you uh, break that down a little I, bit? <laughs> I will, I will. And this, <laughs> it's it starts with a gentle pull. Like, mm. yeah, I, I think I need this, right? I think, I think this is for me. It's kind of like what I was talking about. Like, I knew I wanted what those people had but I wasn't sure how to get there, and I didn't want to do what they were telling me to do. But I was willing to be willing eventually. And um, I'm always careful with this because I think that sometimes people can just use it like procrastinating excuses. But... Sorry, I'm not handing you oh, anything. Okay. I was like, what do you I was like trying to find a place to um, have like, all my beverages out. So, But at the end of the day, it's this desire that no matter what it what it's going to take that you want what the Lord has for you. That you want what he has for you. And I think that sometimes we can come up against what he's telling us to do and be like, and kind of slow our roll a little while. But being willing to say, I'm, I'm not stopping the train. I might slow down a little bit here or there, but I'm not stopping. And um, one of the, the ways that we encourage people is that phrase, be willing to be willing, be willing to keep bringing it back up to the Lord and asking him what what he wants you to do. I think that he's going to give you specific direction. If you don't feel like he's giving you specific direction, keep asking him. Um, that is why we have our tools, because they do provide step by step. But I think the number one key to a soft heart, honestly, is being open and vulnerable before the Lord. And sometimes yeah. we do shut it down because it's scary. I mean, it's just like the earwax, right? Yeah. Ask God those questions. Will the water squirt directly into your brain? <laughs> like, will this kill me, God? Right. Will I survive this? And some people that have had things shoved down for so long, I, I know it, it feels like you won't make it through. Or you've tried before and you've barely survived it. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes it does get a lot harder before it gets better. So, okay, tell the Lord that. I don't know if I could do this again. Right. What? What? And especially, you know, especially if what you experienced in the past led to further disappointment. Right. Right. But, but I think that it's that idea that <coughs> if you keep coming to the Lord with open hands, He's He's gonna lead you forward. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna give this example because it's it was just so impacting in my life, and I know I've said it on the podcast again, but I'm gonna say it, say it one more time. Probably more than once, if you guys heard me. <laughs> anyway, it was, I think, last year. And, um, no, it was a bit longer than that because I was still dealing with my health issues. And I had this, you know, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, you know, he's going to He's gonna lead me out. And because I, it was so chaotic, I didn't know really what thread to pull with health, right. like how to get healthy, what that looked like. And I felt the Lord saying, he was going to lead me out of it. I just need to trust him. And it was like, almost like I was, I, I got this vision of almost being like in a maze. Mm. And 
this is how I how my mind was thinking is that I was in this maze and Jesus was with me by being at the end of the maze and yelling to me, you got this, come on, I'm going to lead you out, you got this. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is not how it is. Mm. I am not at the end of this yelling to you, telling you, you got this. You know, right? It's that performance that I got, I got to get it done yep. mentality. He's like, I am right there beside you. Well, the I am other- walking with you, right? And that yeah. visual of somebody walking with you through a vase, maze is so much different than someone calling you. I remember when we were first married. Do you remember this when you wrote the scavenger hunt for my birthday? Oh my goodness, yeah. He spent days writing the scavenger hunt. So I get home from work and he sent the scavenger hunt for me. And I kid you not, I will not go into all the gory details, but it was like three hours and me not being, I'm not super sharp with puzzles. And I'm just crying by myself at the side of the road. And he's waiting at this boat for me. And I'm just alone and hungry and sad and don't know how to get a hold of him. Well, we didn't it, have cell phones. No, imagine how I feel. I'm waiting for hours and hours on our friend's boat. Yachtish. Imagine how you feel. Yeah, I was all alone <laughs> anyway, waiting. Anyway, I just remember calling them and being like, next time do it with me. <laughs> and But it's that, that concept that the Lord's not telling you, you got this. You have to figure out this all by yourself, and I'll be at the end waiting for you, cheering you on. That's not at all. Well, and, is. and that is such a defeating mindset of if I can just try harder and do better, then my relationship with God will be good. Right. And it's such, it's that performance mindset again of I have to figure something out so that I can be closer to Jesus. Right. And the right? Lord is saying, I am close to you right now. Yeah. He, I am close to you right now. He is close to the brokenhearted. No matter where you are in your process, he is with you. And he is going to walk you forward, not to make you more lovable, but because he wants you free. Well, and one of the a very practical way... I think we started leaning into this this decision, right, that he is with you right now, is in our conversation, we would ask the question, does, you know, whatever decisions we were about ready to make or deciding on, right, which direction to go, you know, for you, it was this doctor or this doctor or this clinic or this, you know, specialist, and we would ask the question, do we have peace about this? If we didn't have peace about it, we would not go down that direction uh, or we would not, you know, further that, pursue that. Yeah. And I think that's a really practical way, you know, you can you can see Jesus beside you is Jesus. Do are you giving me peace about this direction? And if there's not peace there, you you and I have started to use this. Yeah, exactly. You just wait. You just wait. Yeah, but I feel like I need to be moving to gain momentum. Nope, you just wait. And I think that's the phrase you and I have been using lately is we will always pursue peace. If something is not giving us peace, then we're just going to we're going to pause. We're going to wait until something does give, you know, something. Right. And that doesn't mean we're not actively praying, actively seeking you know, that, that oh, is, right. it's an active kind of a waiting. And yeah. I, I, I just think that, you know, back to your soft heart, it, it, the key to a soft heart is an openness before the Father and a desire to trust Him. I think that's, honestly, yeah. I think that's a key.
this is something, it's funny, because it, it can be immediately taken as legalistic. So I need to be clear that that's not the heart motivation. But there's a few things in your story that stuck out to me as very practical things that someone can do to have an open heart, uh, to have more of a, a softened heart. One is you were in community with other people. Right. You and I went to church. You and I put ourselves in a position to be with other people. And we submitted ourselves to leadership. To the authority, yeah. Also, uh, yes, you and, they, and, and this is the funny part, guys. They didn't do it perfectly. And now no. a lot of those people, they would they tell us, we did that not great. And we're like, you know what? God used it. So, oh, and this proves a point. Um, number, okay, so yeah, number one, that, the point is, if you humble yourself, if you surrender, even if the leadership is bad, if they you... They weren't bad, they just were... No, I'm saying, like, worst case scenario. They're kind of making it up as they want. Exactly, right, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, is, is God always honors humility and surrender, Always. Right. He always does. And so oftentimes our temptation is to cut and run. Oh, they're doing it wrong. I'm going to leave. What if you stayed? Right. And what if God was bringing you to a greater level of freedom and wholeness because you stayed? I know. I, I remember I wanted to run away so bad. Oh, you and I were like I looking up plane tickets. so bad. I mean, every part of me wanted to run away. We were looking up plane tickets to Hawaii, babe. Right, like that right. night. At least not go there anymore. Like so much so. And I remember one of my friends slash mentors said to me, you know what, Lacey? When I was younger, I watched a couple walk through restoration, and they stayed, and I watched them walk through the whole process. She goes, it was probably one of the most impactful things I've ever seen. Yeah. And I, that just resonated with me, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll stay. Yeah. But, I mean, um, weekly, we were trying to be run Weekly, away. daily. <laughs> no, but, that, okay, so, so community is a very right. important thing. And with that, so we, yes, you and I, obviously, we had individuals in our life, and then also you and I are in each other, other's life. That's the other thing, is if you can find someone, if you're married and your spouse isn't trustworthy, if you can find someone who is trustworthy, if you can find a friend, if it is your spouse, man, I highly, highly, highly recommend every night, every morning, praying and talking through, is God leading you into peace? Right. And the, again, all of our resources are are designed to be used in relationship. None of them are successful in a vacuum. It has to be in relationship specifically with another person because that's how God designed it. Right. He did not. Th OK, this is going to be. I'm going to say it and you, you no, can no, take it. No, no, scare me. <laughs> no, it's OK. God designed us to be ministered by other people, right? And I think oftentimes... Minister to? Yeah, minister to by other people. And oftentimes we think, I just need God alone. Right. But that's not... That isn't how he designed it. It's not how he designed a church store. It's no. not how he designed... And so, but, the, and, yeah. but the hard thing is, people offend us. People don't do it well. People make mistakes. People don't agree with us. People... Whatever, offend us. us. Yeah. But again, is it, it God will always, all, this is a guarantee, you see it throughout scripture, the greatest leaders, specifically in the Old Testament, all of them had a horrible leader, 
had prison time were in desert. All of them. And so it's it's that idea of man, you you want freedom, you want wholeness, you want an extra you want that presence of God that you've never felt before, then you're probably gonna you're gonna walk through a desert prison or a horrible boss or pastor or whatever. Right? Like leader, yeah. Yeah. So kind of awkwardly transitioning because you said I wanted to bring you wanted to talk about this aspect of it. But you know, as you are looking at forgiveness as you're looking at a process or working through issues in your life. Um, Nathan and I were talking about this podcast and he said to me, I want you to, I want you to tell the story about you and the girls this week. Mm. And um, Oh my word, okay. So, I'm so excited for this, sorry. <laughs> so I have had a rough week with my kids and... I feel like we say that. I, I was just thinking that. We, we need to be like, we've had a great week with our this kids. This week has been magical. <laughs> We had a good weekend at the beach. That was great. That was amazing. That, that was, was great. Oh, so good. Followed by a terrible week. So <laughs> the highs and lows of the steel home. But um, it was a it was a rougher week, and um, lots of privileges were lost, and and yet there was some movement in some different attitudes and decisions that I was noticing with the girls. Which I would say. You have to have such an intimacy with God to not miss out on what he's teaching you because circumstances are blinding you to what God's trying to speak to you. And I, I, was, I just had that because I know the story, so I'm kind of prefacing the story with this, okay? Sorry. Um, it is easy to miss what God's doing if we make our circumstances bigger than him. Right. Sorry. No, share. No, no, it's, it's great. I, um, I've really tried to lean into um, spirit-led parenting, which I've never heard of as a thing, but I'm guessing it's a thing, so we're supposed to be spirit-led and everything. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I want tools and tricks. I want formulas. I want... Right. I want to I be... I want to be a good parent, right? I want to get it right every time. I want to knock it out of the park always. <laughs> And I feel like we've, we have some complicated situations and the Lord has spoken to both Nate and I and said, you know, I want you to lean into me. And this isn't just like daily, this is moment by moment. And, um, I don't always do it perfectly, but I'm getting more comfortable with it. And there's not, there's not like a methodology. I'm going to tell you, there's not like a formula. And with that, I, a lot of times I look like I'm inconsistent. I look like I'm like not great and I get some judgment from that and that's hard I mean that's that's she, hard she gets most of the judgment from me because <laughs> I am like consistent always well no you know, grace with me but you kind of come on down on me sometimes about it but I mean just other people like have told me <laughs> this, I wouldn't do it this our, way back to our previous conversation about people are messy and will right. offend you <laughs> I know right and you know it's like as you're crying alone at night you're like oh, oh. Um, but I mean that has been it's been one of those daily daily but every day has been battle and um, I'm just been worn down man and today we're trying to do school and both the children by I think it was like 11 a.m. are just sent, sent me through this loop, right? Of, well, you've lost. We're okay, so we're gonna go to roller skating, homeschool roller skating. Mm-hmm. Lydia had it taken away 
Ari managed to get it taken away. They just had managed to get pretty much everything taken away this week. And meanwhile, it's just been really chaotic, really hard. And um, Nathan's been really busy tonight, or this week. I haven't seen him a whole lot. And so I'm sitting there, and the girls just turn on a dime all of a sudden. And Ari just goes, diligently does some stuff, diligently does things I haven't asked her to do, apologizes sincerely, and I feel like the Lord's saying, hey, I want you to, I want you to restore to them the roller skating. Well, it started with or, Ari. I want you to restore yeah. to Ari roller skating. So I, I did. I said, okay, Ari, thank you. I'm, I'm going to give this back to you. And um, Lydia looks at me and goes, well, Mom, what about me? And Lydia's honestly been a gem. Um, most of the time, <laughs> especially today, she was pretty good. And I just said, I felt the Lord be like, yeah, you know. And so I did, right? I restored it to them. Meanwhile, though, I'm just so, oh, like, crushed from the emotion of what has been transpiring in my life. I'm in tears. I'm crying. And they had left the room, and I was just kind of crying. <laughs> and they come back in, and they're like, Mom why are you crying? Why are you so upset? I'm like, you know, I'm okay, but I'm just, I said, what you guys do, how you treat me. The things you say. The things you say to me when you're mad, they have a cost. They hurt me and they, they wear me down and they cost me something. So even though you get roller skating back, even though, you know, this penalty has been taken away from you, there's still a cost. And I'm, I'm paying that cost. I'm tired. I'm warmed down. I, I, feel, I feel terrible. Right. I can't just snap out of it, right? There's a cost. And um, the Lord just snapped into my head that, yeah, that's how he feels about his kids. Like, when we come to him and we're like, Lord, we want you to take this from us. You want us to bring relief. We want us, you to heal us, to save us. He's like, absolutely, I will. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love to do that. I love to save, to redeem, to restore. But there is a cost. There's always a cost to sin. And that price was paid. I mean, Jesus paid that price. God paid that price for us. But there's a cost. And sometimes I think we can forget when we get our roller skating back <laughs> that there's a cost. Yeah. And the Lord was just showing me that, you know, and Nathan was talking about that in relationship to forgiveness. That when you choose to, to live the way the Lord wants you to live, when you choose out of obedience to forgive, there's a cost. There's more, a heaviness. And more than likely, you are the one, right. as the forgiver, who pays that cost. Um, and the cost might be injustice, perceived injustice. They're not getting what you feel like they deserve. And so here I am having to deal with the emotions, having to deal with that person's words, having to deal with that person's actions, um, having to deal with that person's inaction. They didn't do something they said they were going to do. Um, but, a, but even in that, what does God, does God expect us to carry that? And I think that it's funny that's where we go back to releasing the cares that we have to him because right. he cares for us he's careful with us that that offense that you had uh towards the girls it's probably a dramatic way to say it but i mean the offense that you had of 
their words, their actions. Yes, they got roller skating back, but what do you? What did you do then? With that hurt, what did you do? Well, I mean, I. It's weariness too, and I think yeah. that's part of forgiveness too. I, spe- I think especially if you. I mean, my kids are kind of repeat offenders, but um, kind of. <laughs> kind of. It's it is. It's it's a release of. Okay, Lord, I trust you. I trust you that by releasing, by forgiving, by restoring what they don't deserve, they don't deserve it, that you're, you're going to ultimately um, come through, that you're, you're going to be victorious in this, and that your redemption, who you are, is going to shine through all of yeah. this, you know? Because I... and. Like I said, it's spirit-led parenting. I don't have a book. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of listening to the Lord as much as I can. <laughs> we do have a book. But, I mean, on the parenting part, I don't know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, right? It's messy, and it's, it's are, we, are we okay with that messiness? Trusting, and obviously not just sitting in mess, but releasing almost moment by moment releasing that mess to God. God. You're bigger than this. You know yeah. what to do with it. You know how to organize it so my brain can handle it. Yeah. You know what you know what I mean when yeah. I say that? Yeah. Like it's 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 him being it's the I believe it's Psalm twenty three. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. That when we make by surrendering by releasing these things to him and receiving what what he has for us we are making him bigger than that circumstance. We're making him bigger, him more influential in our life than that circumstance or that person is. And, but again, it, man, it all goes back to, do I trust God is careful with me? Do I trust that his yoke for me is light? Right. Do I trust that he doesn't have pressure for me? Do I trust that he doesn't have weightiness and heaviness for me? Or do I trust that his burden is light, his burden is peace, right. and it's me releasing my desire to understand, my desire... To have it all figured out. <laughs> exactly. And this is why Philippians 4, 7 is so, so, so valuable that he is the peace that comes. He's the peace that surpasses all understanding. But am I willing to surrender my my desire to understand? Right. And oftentimes that's what it is. I'm just, I'm will, I'm, I'm releasing to him my desire to have it figured out. How is this, how is this person going to work out? How is this circumstance going to work out? How is this going to play out in two years? Where am I going to be in, next week? If I forgive, will this person do it again? Understanding, right? I want to know. I want to know how it's going to... His peace is not promised when we understand. His peace is promised when we release our desire to understand. Right. So. Right. Hmm. So I, I want to... I think, I think we're done. I just want to do a prayer. Are love you? It. You love that? Okay. It's great. So, um, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you love us. That we're your kids. That you want to be with us number one. And so, Lord, I pray that as you just want to take off these heavy things mm. that are in our life, these things that are burdening us, these things that are 
destroying this ability that we have to to love you, to love the people in our lives. I pray that you may give us the the willingness to be willing to move forward into freedom. I pray that you may allow us to trust you in the areas of our hearts that we've kept back from you. I pray that we may be willing to to just bring out into the light and let you take care of them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you may lead us, that you may lead us forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Goodbye.